Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Well, good morning. You made it through the rain. That's good. Um, I'd love just to start this morning by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land that we are so grateful to gather on, to live on. I want to pay my respects to the elders past, the elders present, and the elders emerging, and uh, extend that respect to anyone who is Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander joining us this morning. It is NADOC week, uh, which started last Sunday, and um, I really wanted to speak on the theology of reconciliation. How should we think about reconciliation as Christians? You know, we have a problem in our country. We live in one of the most beautiful, prosperous, free, diverse nations in the world. And yet there is a deep pain and a deep hurt within our culture and relational fractures between kind of the majority culture and First Nations people. I've been really captured by this idea recently. Um, It's a psychological idea called generational trauma. And it's a fairly new field But what they're discovering is that um, a a trauma that happens to someone generations ago can impact their children and their grandchildren and their children. Um, And this happens in a few ways. There there was a study done by the Canadian Journal on um, survivors of the Holocaust, and their grandchildren were 300% more likely, 300% overrepresented in areas of mental health and uh, recommendations to psychiatrists and things like that. Um, and we sort of see this happen, that there is actually this, this trauma that can carry on from things gone past. This happens in two ways. You know, like if I experience a trauma, right, obviously I am going to maybe shut down emotionally, which might affect my family. I might turn to um, some sort of substance abuse as a coping mechanism that affects the way that I raise my children, affects the way that they grow up and they raise their children. You can see it in that sense. But what they're finding is that actually in our genetic code, it can be passed down. That when you experience trauma, there is something that happens to your genetic processes that actually when you have kids, it passes on to them, which is just really, really insane. But um, we actually see this in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 34, verse 7. I've always been confused by this verse until I started looking at this generational trauma thing. It says, I lavish unfailing love. This is God speaking. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. The The point to all of that is what happens in history doesn't actually stay in history. It affects our our present and our today and our future. Uh, The things that have happened before are really informative to our today. And things like the British kind of colonization, things like the stolen generation still have impact on us today as a culture. And that is a really profound and powerful thing. I want to contend this morning that part of the distinctive of the Christian movement is one of reconciliation one of racial reconciliation. We see this all through the Bible, even from Pentecost on when the church was born. They were wrestling with this multi-ethnic, multi-racial movement. 
and likely the first of its kind in the world. Like, there's been no other cultural movement before that that we know of that had this mix of Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female, kids and adults. It was this, like, really, really unique cultural moment. And a lot of the New Testament is written either in the context of that or directly to that. A lot of the book of Acts is wrestling with the gospel going out from Israel into other nations and countries and towns and cities. A lot of Paul's writings are written to church plants who are struggling with like this, having like a multiracial dynamic within their church, Jew and Gentile, and how does that work and how does that go together? Um, we see this all through the scripture. It may have been um, according to kind of historians, the, the major defining aspect of the spread of Christianity was just like, it was just so different. It was connecting people that were never connected before. And there's something about that in our DNA. And even if you look at the arc of Scripture, you see the picture at the end, Revelation 7 uh, verse 9, is John is having this like vision of the new creation. He says, after this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. That heaven or the new creation is not a monoculture. There's a space when history culminates, when Jesus comes back again, he creates a new heaven and a new earth and every tribe and tongue and people group is represented. Heaven is not a monoculture. It goes on in uh, Revelation 22, verse 2, which is like this picture of the garden city, and there's these images of like the gates of the city always being open, kings from every different nation coming in, and it says this, um, there's, a, there's a, a, a river flowing out. Uh, there'll be a fresh crop each month. The leaves will be used, of so the trees growing alongside the river, used for medicine to heal the nations. I love that idea. Every tribe, tongue, people, the healing of the nations. This is like, these are like hallmarks of the new creation, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a monoculture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul's writing to one of his church plants in Corinth. And he says this, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Reconciliation means bringing two parts together. Reconciling the world and heaven, heaven and earth together. No longer counting people's sins against them, he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We are called to be ambassadors of reconciliation. What does an ambassador do? An ambassador goes to another nation and they represent another sovereignty, another nation, another kingdom to a different reality. And so we are to be ambassadors of the future reality of the new heaven and the new earth, the place where there's every tribe and tongue and, and nation, that where, the, where there's trees that have leaves, which are medicine for the healing of the nations. We are ambassadors of that kingdom, of that reality here on earth today. Um, we are ambassadors of the future state. We are future people. Um, and reconciliation requires two groups coming together, right? And so first and foremost, this passage is about us, us and God, the reconciliation that Jesus brought. Jesus was the first ambassador to us to reconcile us and God together. But it also infects our relationship to one another, that we are called to be an integrated people, a healing people, a, a people that is uh, relationally together. 
We see this in Matthew chapter 5, which is a Sermon on the Mount, which is maybe like some of Jesus' most important teachings. He says this, So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. That is a really profound statement. That if we are to worship God fully, it actually requires us to be reconciled to the people around us. That God would rather us go and fix our relationship with the person that we have a broken relationship with than just ignore it and come in, come in on a Sunday morning and, and worship God. Isn't that very, very interesting and profound? Part of our worship to God is our reconciliation with our brothers and sisters. Now, reconciliation is always a two-way street. You can't just go and plonk your ideas on someone else or just assimilate a different culture into yours. But it's a, a coexisting, a learning, a healing, a journey. When I was 11 years old, um, my family went on a trip that was organized by our church, which is our, one of our network churches here, Narara Valley Baptist Church. And we went on a mission up to Tari um, on a thing called Bulang uh, to the Birupai people, in Perfleet, which is just outside of Tari, an Aboriginal community. And there has been this growing relationship between that church and the church in Perfleet for, I think it's 40 years now. And they'll come down here and do stuff every, every January. They send people up to run a, a kids program during the school holidays. Um, and for me, like, this is the first time I ed- ever experienced anything like that, uh, really ever experienced anything of Indigenous culture. And it so profoundly challenged me and impacted me in ways that I still um, am really grateful for. You know, as, as just a, as, as a kid growing up, to see that, it impacted the way I saw God. It, it showed me a different way of living. And um, there's so much of that that impacts me today. Our friends, um, Andrew and Emma Bollum, Andrew spoke uh, last year during our live stream, if you were around. And they have planted a church in Townsville. Uh, they're originally from the hills. And they've planted a church in Townsville, which is a multi-ethnic church, but largely First Nations people. And they say this thing, which I love, which I think is so beautiful, is they say that the, the next revival in Australia, the keys to the next revival in Australia will be found in the hands of our First Nations brothers and sisters. The keys to the next revival in Australia will be found in the hands of our First Nations people. And I've learned so much about the gospel from our First Nations people. Um, three things, just really quickly, as I was thinking about this, this talk. Um, number one is just the importance of story and tradition. Um, and this is something that, we, you know, in sort of general Western culture, we just do not do very well. We are quite anti-history. Like, we don't, we don't tell the stories of our great-grandparents or our great-great-grandparents. We don't hold the traditions uh, very well. Um, but this is a profoundly biblical thing, that we would hold the stories that shape us, the stories of the Bible, that we would hold the traditions that have held the church through generations. And this is something that our First Nations people do really well. The second thing I've learned is just connection to land and place. And this has impacted me in, in a huge way, particularly in our church planting journey, is about being connected to neighborhood and feeling called and connected to an actual physical location, which, again, in the West, we don't do very well. We just go to wherever we can buy a house or we travel around or whatever it is. Like we're just, we're not so connected to place anymore. But there's something profoundly biblical about that. Pastor Russ, who is the pastor in Perfleet, he said that 
the, the land in the Bible is another character. There's something profound all through the Bible of this idea of promised land and place and what it means. All these different places represent different things. And ultimately, the new heaven, the new earth, heaven is not just some other reality or dimension that we go to. Heaven is coming to earth. It is a, a, a physical space. Resurrection happened in physical space and place. And there's something for us to learn there. And the third thing I learned and am learning is just an alternate way of doing community and maybe a more biblical, biblical way. Um, I remember going and just people would just, you know, share houses. They'd sleep in one place and then they'd sleep in somewhere else. And like everyone was uncle and auntie, like everyone was family. Um, And we are not like that at all in the West, right? We're very individual. We're very siloed. Um, But that sounds very Acts chapter 2 to me. Like the early church, that they had everything in common. They shared everything. And there's something beautiful and profound about that. I just want to share three quick thoughts just as we close around what it means for us to be ambassadors of reconciliation, ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Back to 2 Corinthians 5, if you can check that up again, Josh, thank you. It says, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. The first thing as an ambassador of reconciliation, we have to realize the importance of the forgiveness of sins. This is a, 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 a central message all through the gospel story. But in order to receive forgiveness of sins on whatever way it is, it always begins with truth. N.T. Wright says, truth always comes before reconciliation. And so forgiveness isn't just like forgetting about something, sweeping something under the rug. It's actually bringing it out into the open. That's what forgiveness is. And part of the the journey we have to go on as a country is bringing that stuff out in the open. I think we're doing a little bit better at that now. But it happens on a, on a personal level as well, just bringing things out and into the open, listening, repenting. The second thing, as an ambassador of reconciliation for the kingdom of God, um, says, he says uh, in verse 19, he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation, that we are situated in a bigger story. And we are situated between the two gardens, the Garden of Eden and the Garden City. And that bigger story, if you're a follower of Jesus, shapes our life, shapes the direction of where we're headed, shapes the way that we approach our today and our tomorrow, with the way we approach our relationships, the way we approach our neighbors. We have to situate ourselves in the bigger story. The future state, the kingdom of God, is multiracial, multi-ethnic, every tribe, every tongue, every class, slave and free, Jew and Gentile. Um, and that, that idea that every tribe and every tongue is important to God. He could say that, you know, when we get to the new heaven and new earth, we just all become the same-ish. But no, there's a celebration of difference in the new heaven and new earth. Each person is made in the image of God. doesn't matter where they've come from, what their story is. And that's not a political statement. That's a, that's a theological statement. That as Christians, that should become incredibly important to us. Racism has no place in the kingdom of God. And the third thing to be ambassadors of reconciliation is to always move towards relationship. Verse 22, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. This is this relational aspect that Jesus first came to us and pleaded for us to come back to God that every step towards reconciliation is a step towards 
relationship. You know, the Hebrew word for reconciliation is the same word that they use for table. I really love that idea, that reconciliation is eating around a table, sharing a meal together, one of the most human, normal things you can do. And my confession this morning is that um, I don't actually have many great relationships with dark and young people, people from like our land that we find ourselves on. I have from, from Biripai people, but not so much for local people. And I know that's a key next step for me, to learn the stories and to know the people of our land. But it always comes back to the gospel. And in order for us to be ambassadors of reconciliation, whether that's racial reconciliation or just reconciliation with people that are different to us or people that we've experienced broken relationship with in our lives, in our family, old friends, whatever it is, is to realize that Jesus first came as an ambassador of reconciliation to us. That those three things are central to the gospel message. That your sins are forgiven. That you've been invited into a bigger story. And that Jesus has done everything to move towards relationship with you. So as we close, it's a reminder this morning, you are forgiven. You are part of a bigger story. And through Jesus, we have relationship with the transcendent God, the King of all. That's an incredible truth. So if you would, just close your eyes. You might want to put your feet firmly on the ground. Open up your palms if you feel comfortable. You are forgiven. Maybe just take a moment to bring anything that you need to that's maybe getting in the way of relationship with you and God. Something you've done, something you haven't done. (laughs) We've all got our stuff. By the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, you are forgiven. You are welcomed into the bigger story. The story that was begun at creation, pushed forward in the death and resurrection of Jesus, Pentecost, the giving of the Holy Spirit, but will ultimately find its end in the return of Jesus to become king of the new heaven and the new earth. We'll find reconciliation, tears wiped away healing and wholeness. Let me just take a moment to ask God if there's alternate stories competing for your life, ways you've bought into different visions and different stories.
And the third gift to remind ourselves of this morning is that Jesus has come to have a relationship with you. With you. Not who you should be. Not who you want to be. But you. Right here. At 11.17am. On a rainy Sunday morning. He loves you. So Jesus, I thank you for your message of reconciliation. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for the bigger story. Thank you for relationship. And God, as we become people that receive that on a consistent basis, may we be people who can give that to others, to our brothers and sisters, to our family members, to people that are different to us. May we be ambassadors of reconciliation, ambassadors of the future state, ambassadors of the kingdom of God here on earth.